Welcome to all of the inn. If you have not seen this movie, you probably shouldn't be here, but with that said, let's review Whiplash. One, two, three, spoilers. One, two, three, spoilers. One, two, three, spoilers. I went to the movie theaters in college with the purposeful intent of seeing two movies, a double feature. I have only done this on two separate occasions, this being one of them. I selected both of my movies. I was going to go see this new drama coming out called Whiplash about a drummer. My brother's a drummer. Love Miles Teller, love J.K. Simmons. So I was like, why not? The second movie that I selected was Horrible Bosses 2, which is the total opposite of Whiplash. It's a goofy comedy. I like all the three main actors. I liked Horrible Bosses 1. Again, why not? This ended up being the first and best double feature that I have ever experienced. I could not have asked for two better movies to be showing back to back at the time that I needed them to be. It felt divine in that way. When, the way that it happened and when it did. I saw Whiplash because of, and because of the intensity of the movie, I took an intermission, went and got dinner, and sat and ate dinner like this. Shaking my head in total silence, still trying to process what I had just witnessed. It was way more than I was expecting. And I think that tension was pulled back, pulled back so much. And then Horrible Bosses was the perfect release of all of that. It was the funniest movie ever to me, and I've seen it since, and it's lost its charm. I still love it. When I saw it, I loved it so much. But we're here to talk about Whiplash. Released in 2014, this was the directorial debut, I'm getting fancy, of an up-and-comer at this time, Damien Chazelle. He's gone on to make La La Land, First Man, and Babylon since this came out. I don't think those movies have lived up to the impact of his first movie, but there are still some gems and some perfect moments to be found in his other work. Damien Chazelle made Whiplash into a short film because he couldn't get any funding for his feature, made it into a short film. No Miles Teller, but still had J.K. Simmons to play Fletcher. It's 17 minutes long. It's pretty much just as intense as the movie. It's one scene where a player is out of tune in Fletcher's class. Maybe it's two scenes conjoined, and in the feature they split it up. I don't know, something like that. Made the short film, submitted it, got $3 million, and then he made his feature film. That's why we're here today. Miles Teller plays Andrew the drummer. J.K. Simmons plays Fletcher. Melissa Benoist? Melissa Benoit? She plays Nicole. That's all you need to know. We open on a black screen, African-American screen, with sound of drumsticks on a snare, quickening with every hit or beat. Beat? Andrew is then shown to be the drummer on the drum set, with a slow push into him as this crazy sounding drum solo on the set. Sounds amazing to us, the uneducated ear, but to Fletcher, who enters the room, not so impressive. Immediately, four lines in, and he's already a bully. They waste no time establishing that with this character. He tosses Andrew around with his words like a pinball. He gets Andrew going, drumming, and right as he gets into it, Fletcher leaves the room. Andrew just sits there all defeated. Fletcher walks back in. Whoopsie-daisy, forgot my jacket. He put the jacket up there on purpose to do that very thing. He had his mind made up. It didn't matter how good Andrew was on that drum set, that solo. He's a play toy to, to Fletcher right now. 
Andrew has this routine of going to the movies with his dad. They watch old movies together, they share popcorn with raisinets, even though Andrew doesn't like raisinets, he just eats around him. We learn that Andrew has real admiration for Fletcher. He talks about him like a celebrity. He doesn't even have to say his name and the dad knows exactly who he's talking about. All he says is, he saw me play today and the dad's like, really? Somebody pointed out to me recently that Andrew's dad is jealous of his admiration for Fletcher. Out of how many times I've seen this movie, I never picked up on that. And it makes sense because it gives the dad more to do than just be Andrew's dad in this movie. It makes him more three-dimensional for me. And Otherth, now it's either music class or rehearsal with a secondary tertiary band at this music school, Schaefer. Things seem laid back, easy going in this class. Andrew sneaks off later to take a peek at the higher up class that's taught by Fletcher. By the looks of it, things are much stricter and more intense. It even makes him go home and practice as fast and as hard as he can. He obsesses over other professional drummers, too. Soon after, I don't know if it's the next day or what, but Fletcher makes an appearance at the lower level class to recruit some new band members for his upper level band. One of the people he selects is Andrew, because if he didn't, we wouldn't have a movie. Go figure. Looking back at this, we can tell that maybe uh, uh, Fletcher just wanted more squeaky playtime with Andrew. But maybe he saw something in Andrew's playing that he's unwilling to reward. Or, okay, so he is rewarding it by inviting him to the upper level. But because he's doing something kind like that, he has to meet it with a lot of nastiness. He can't just do something out of the goodness of his heart. It, it comes with strings attached. That's what I'm trying to say. He could be threatened by what he sees in Andrew. He, he might not have seen a player like Andrew in a very long time. He has to test his durability in the most extreme ways. The amount of torment and abuse that Fletcher can dish out in a matter of 60 seconds is unfathomable. He goes, drums with me. Andrew is not the main drummer, so the main drummer stands up. Fletcher goes, no, no, no. Other drums. Andrew's like, oh. This puts a target on him now, though. From the rest of the class that sees him get selected like that, with that misunderstanding, no, no, other drums. It's purposeful. Fletcher's doing it on purpose. He's, he's playing so many games at once. Andrew's all bushy-eyed walking up to him, and Fletcher's like, 6 a.m., my class, tomorrow. The class doesn't even start till 9 a.m., he did it just to mess with Andrew. It's so awful and unnecessary. It's to have control and to psychologically break this person. Multiple tactics at once. Not just affecting Andrew, the, the main drummer, the rest of the band. Andrew finally gets the courage to ask out the ticket seller at the movie theater that he frequents. They seem like a really good match, and their scenes together are some of my favorites in the movie. I think they only have three. Four. They have four scenes together. Uh, Melissa, uh, Nicole in this movie, she is adorable. I would have a mad crush on her if I knew her in person too. She's also Superwoman now, so that's a turn on NGL. Andrew wakes up late after 6 a.m. Oh, she said yes to the date, by the way. When he wakes up late, the, it shows the alarms like 6, 12, and you're like, oh, Andrew! But no. He gets there, nobody's there. Andrew sits there until nine o'clock. This is the beginning of Fletcher's anaconda-like squeeze and tightening over Andrew's life. He even calls Andrew the squeaker of the class, the new squeaker. 
the hold that this man has on his own music class is evident. He raises his hand and gets dead silence from the band members. And he goes, he does three small hand movements. And the band, they start playing perfectly. This is like, oh wow, the band is super trained, but holy crap, that band had to have gone a lot to get there. Fletcher's done a number on his class. We know it immediately. None of them are exempt from this treatment from the instructor. The results of this are incredibly sharp music talent, yes. The sound of his band is incredible, but there is a cost that Fletcher doesn't care, doesn't see. He even knows when his players are out of tune when they don't even know. If they are out of tune and they know it's sabotage to him, if they're out of tune and don't know, that's even worse. During the 10 minute break that they have, Fletcher approaches Andrew, inquiring about his life. It's friendly, except it's not. Enemies want information from you and to get you to talk about yourself. They gather information to weaponize it towards you later. Fletcher even physically crowds Andrew by putting his hand on the wall, Andrew's right here. He's physically crowding him to impose, to power display, powerfully display. Grammar. Grandma. Fletcher can do a 180 and then a 180 and another 180 on you. Andrew is now playing drums in front of the upper level band. Fletcher's praising him. He's dancing. Whoa, look at this guy. Wow. Sounds good. It's going well until Fletcher stops him the first time. Bop. And the, uh, not quite my tempo. Andrew can't even get four beats into the song now without Fletcher stopping him. I think he stops him like 10 times. Now you're dragging. Oh, oh, you're rushing. Stop. He's relentless. I feel like I'm watching torture. And to see how much worse it gets, he hurls a chair at Andrew's head, advancing the intensity. Uh, advancing the intensity. Oh my word. Advancing the intensity into the stratosphere. He slaps Andrew on the on the counts of four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And he takes any musical error as direct sabotage to his work. When he's right in Andrew's face, taunting him, screaming at him, his, be his behavior is despicable. It seems overboard, but I know that people like this can really exist. Complete disregard for people, but it's more than that. It's, it's not even disregard, it's targeting. People become their targets. Andrew's plan of attack is to rise above Fletcher and become perfect at drumming so that his talent is indisputable. Only thing is, he's human. He tires. He gets mad. His hands blister and bleed. Perfection cannot actually be achieved, but that does not stop him from trying. This means that his blossoming relationship with Nicole from the movie theater is, comes to a halting stop because of his need to always be practicing drumming. It's sad because if Andrew was thinking clearly, he would find a balance between the two. He and Nicole talk about being at two individual schools where the people don't like them. They relate on this, feeling like an outcast by their environments. And they could really be a help to one another. But Andrew makes his own bed and he cuts it off between the two of them. This is a big mistake on his part and he never gets her back, never sees her again. It's not a happy ending in that sense with this romance. When the music folder goes missing, I think Fletcher took it. They're at some competition, and there are a couple different competitions that they compete in, because that's how that goes. Because of the look that he gives the current drummer, 
during the intermission in between performances. I don't really under understand how it works. Fletcher knows that the current drummer doesn't know the music by heart. Andrew does. So I think he took the music folder, even though he just said, if I see another one of these lying around or going missing, I'm, I'm gonna stop being so polite. He's really not that mad when the two drummers, Andrew and the other guy, Tanner, they come up to Fletcher and they say, we lost the folder. He's really not that mad. And he agrees to Andrew taking the place of the main drummer pretty easily. He's like, okay with the idea. He's pretty chill about it disappearing. Schaefer comes in first place at this competition that they're in, and Andrew was the drummer for, for half of it, so props to him. So then Fletcher comes into class the next day and says to Tanner on the drum set, I don't have time for alternates today, just the core band. And that's how he lets him know that you've been replaced by Andrew. Tanner's look over, and the whole band is like, whoa. Andrew has to take the main drummer's place in front of everybody because Fletcher's making him do it. It's a good thing for Andrew. I mean, it's great. He's a core member of the band now. But the way that it's happening, there's some game of the foot. This is actually really exciting news and should be thrilling news for Andrew's family to hear. I'm so heartbroken, though. When Andrew sits with his family, his, his parents ask him, Hey, how's the drumming going? But as he answers, his two brothers come barging into the home, sit at the table, take all the spotlight off of him. The mom starts to share about the two brothers' most recent academic and career accomplishments. And then she goes, man, the talent at this table is just unbelievable. Oh, and, and then Andrew, with your drumming, he's totally an afterthought to them. I'm not sure which treatment he'd prefer, the aggressive torment of his music instructor or the passive-aggressive neglect of his family. Andrew then gets the floor, gets the stage, and he tells everybody about being a new core member of the band, which is also the biggest music school in the country. But because it's about art and music, it goes way over their head. They have blank stares as they listen to him. It has no meaning to them. And that's why it's so sad, because they can't see how much of an accomplishment this is to him. It's more impressive than the academic career stuff that the mom listed off about the brothers, and they don't even know it or acknowledge it. I also never caught how the dad ends the scene at the dinner table. Oh my word, I had to rewatch it a couple times. I never noticed. Andrew does his ranting back and forthing with his brothers, going, you know, four words you, were ne you will never hear from the NFL to his brother. The dad picks up his wine, swirls it, and just casually goes, have you heard from the Lincoln Center? Andrew stares at him and gets up from the table and walks away. The dad has been his safe place up until now and pretty much just sided with the brothers. Once he says the thing about the NFL, well, Andrew's NFL is the Lincoln Center. That's his main goal after Schaefer would be the Lincoln Center. And he just, I mean, it's a sniper to the heart, dude. It's crazy. Not the heart of the audience, the heart of his son. Bullseye. You know that deeply hurt him. And it rounds out the whole scene for me. Breaks my heart even more. Have you heard from the Lincoln Center? Man, it's rough. Fletcher now has another trick up his sleeve, of course he does, which he pulls in a former classmate of Andrew's from the lower level band, another drummer, and he gives him a shot at drumming. 
just a twisted way to get under Andrew's skin and incentivize him to earn it, earn the part. Not just think, I'm a core member of the band, I'm here to stay. He will constantly be earning this part with Fletcher leading it. The three drummers now have to rotate for hours trying to meet their instructor standards. They have to do perfect 400s, which none of them can do. Except for Andrew, he comes out on top, he earns the part at the end of the scene. When Andrew's drumming, 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 and, and Fletcher's screaming, faster, faster! He ends up looking at Andrew like, look at my creation. It's really disturbing. It's very self-aggrandizing in that way. He's forcefully molding this play toy into something great. That's what he thinks. He's also destroying a man's psyche. Just like he destroyed a former student of his that we find out was an incredible musician just like Andrew but a few years before and because of Fletcher's treatment, he hangs himself. Fletcher tells the class, however, that it was a car accident. He lies. He drove that student to off himself because of his extreme conduct. That bit of information, though, you don't find out until the end. You, find, you hear about the car accident and you think that Fletcher's just getting emotional about this car accident, but no, he's making it up. Who knows if he has any true remorse or if he even connects the fact that he would have drove that former student to do that when he was a student. What are some of your theories? Is Fletcher just making it up? Because for me, I feel like that's genuine, but he's also an extremely abusive narcissist and they tend to be pretty good actors. They have another band competition. Andrew shows up late without his sticks too because he left them at the car rental place. He argues with Fletcher, almost gets fired, but convinces him to give him until 5.30, which is when the band will be on the stage ready to perform. He rushes to get his sticks and gets T-boned by a semi-truck. Surviving the crash, he leaves the scene of the crash and makes it to the competition. He's still late. He sits at the drum set and is bloody and starts playing. Fletcher sees this and can't do much about it. He has to stop the performance, which is an awful look on the band and he officially fires Andrew right there. As he's apologizing to the crowd for his drummer's behavior and, uh, and appearance, Andrew football tackles Fletcher to the ground, which is the only place that this was leading. That kind of abuse and treatment doesn't go unpunished for very long. It shouldn't, at least. Andrew is now speaking with the head of the school and is in the position of laying it all out there, telling them everything about Fletcher, which is obviously scary because what if Fletcher finds out? Which he does. Andrew just seems to be roaming the city. This is a few months later. He's definitely not at Schaefer anymore. Neither is Fletcher. Comes across a jazz club and he sees on their board outside of it, Fletcher's name. And he's so curious. He goes inside. Fletcher's playing piano in front of the crowd. The two of them share a few beers together. The conversation's cordial and transparent, seemingly. He reels Andrew in slyly in this conversation so he can get him one last time, get him back for outing him to the school. Their conversation gives Andrew insight into Fletcher's passion for the musician because it's there. He has a heart for them. He does want them to be great, but his methods are so extremely over the top. Andrew chooses to trust him again. When I saw this in theaters, and Fletcher walks up to him, they're about to perform, 
Fletcher walks up to him at the drum set and says, do you think I'm stupid? Dude, that's all he had to say for me to envision the next several minutes of Andrew's life. He goes, do you think I'm stupid? I sat forward in my seat in the theater. I sat forward and I went, and then he goes, I know it was you. And he walks away. And Andrew is like, what? Fletcher announces the song, Uptime Swingin'. And Andrew only has one sheet in front of him that's for Whiplash, the song Whiplash. For that entire final scene, I sat in that forward position with my jaw dropped. Fletcher publicly embarrasses Andrew by playing a totally different song with the band. Everybody but Andrew is on the same page, quite literally. Andrew either has to sit there like a fool and like tap on his drums and pretend he's playing or get up and leave. So he leaves. His dad embraces him. They're about to leave and Andrew has this feeling of defiance rush over him. He stomps back to the drum set and starts a nine minute drum solo in which Fletcher is powerless to try and stop. But he doesn't really want to because the drum solo is incredible. In a nine minute drum solo, we see Fletcher go from despising Andrew to loving and respecting him by the end of it. Hardly any words spoken, all facial expressions and body language as Andrew drums. Fletcher's smiling by the end of it. He's almost dancing with the band. They share one final glance before the last hit of the song, the last, the end, you know, the last hi-hat hit. The dad is off stage staring at Andrew and I've the same person or video that pointed out the dad's jealousy of Andrew's admiration of Fletcher. They said that they, they feel the dad staring off stage at Andrew is like him mourning the loss of his son's soul. And I'm trying to figure that out because I don't think that his look is positive. When his son was defeated, he embraced him, but I think that there was some defiance towards his dad in that moment and towards Fletcher. So it almost felt like the dad lost his grip. But I don't know. What, what do you think about that, too? The dad's final look at his son. It's hard to interpret. There is a chance that if his dad had not made the comment about the Lincoln Center, which is where they're at, that's where this drum solo is taking place, is the Lincoln Center. If he hadn't made that comment, I think Andrew might have just left with him. But because he challenged him like that, He's like, dude, I'm at the Lincoln Center. We don't see what happens afterwards or anything. They cut to black right, at, right the, at the last beat of the song. It leaves Andrew in an ambiguous state. What becomes of him and Fletcher and his dad? It almost seems like Andrew joins Fletcher by way of standing up to him. So it makes me very curious where the story goes after that. Fletcher's tactics and manipulation, torment and abuse comes in so many forms. He often pits people against each other for his own delight. He'll even foreshadow and reference what he's going to do before he does it. He does this at least twice. With the binder going missing, he makes an announcement at the top of the scene. If I see another one of these going missing, I'm, I'm going to stop being so polite. Then the binder goes missing and Fletcher's not too peeved. 
He says at the Lincoln Center, if you're on top of your game tonight, you could become a Lincoln Center core member. Andrew perks up. It's his dream. But he also adds, if you flub up and drop the ball tonight, the people out there will never forget. And then he completely embarrasses or tries to embarrass him in front of the Lincoln Center audience. Maybe that's just for the storytelling, the foreshadowing part, but maybe people like Fletcher really do that. This movie is compared to Black Swan a lot because of the, the drive that the main characters have to, to perfect their craft. The desire to rise above being imperfect or not good enough, it makes their drive necess a necessity for survival in a way. If we're spiritual beings in physical form, then Andrew's drive to be one of the great drummers almost seems divinely spiritual in a way. I can't tell if that's in a good way or a bad way. By the, by the dad's look, you could interpret that Andrew has gone towards darkness. Or maybe you could say that he's achieved perfection. Maybe he did achieve it. Really only God is perfect. So any other being trying to be perfect, I think is, is not being led by the right light. Anyways, I love this movie. I will never forget this movie's impact on me when I first saw it. I had just started film school. And again, I think I laughed so hard at Horrible Bosses 2 because of how freaking intense this movie was. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please let me know your opinion in the comments, your interpretations of this movie, because I don't think any interpretation is correct, but maybe. Anyways, peace guys. See you next week.